The Ram Dhamma's Kingdom by Robert P. Fitton. Episode 18, Currents in Time. Daka and McGee were ahead of Aaron. They all turned in the blue beam and walked across the glass circle of the dimensional library. They could see all the doors leading to selected parts of the planet. And in the back, dressed in a yellow jumpsuit behind a console. Savard, whispered McGee. The doctor's hair was whiter and longer, and he had a neatly trimmed white beard. Is it really you, Savard? How did you... McGee, McGee, he smiled, all excited as he moved over to McGee. I can't believe you're actually alive, he yelled as the two men embraced. But the boat accident, Kellogg said you were killed in an accident at sea. No, no, there was a storm, but the currents brought us back to the desert. We were almost dead, but we made it to the cliffs, to a dimensional door and back here. Indeed he did said Raymond as he stepped into the room. He was well-groomed, haircut perfectly, and dressed in a green jumpsuit. And as he spoke, his words were clear and understandable and articulate. My name is Raymond. Yes, Raymond was a respected scientist in Sector 21 some years ago. They pulled him out of that sector because of his underground activities. You were a member of Insurgency? asked Aaron. Before there was an insurgency, I worked on underground weapons. Rather than kill me, they brought me to the perimeter, to the basin, to work on the ships. Raymond was not very cooperative and landed in the pit. It's a pleasure to meet more human beings, smiled McGee. I am McGee. This is Daka and Aaron from Sector 25. I'm all proud to know you. I am saddened. We both are by what has happened. You know about it, asked Aaron. Yes, answered Savard. We can get into that later, downstairs. How long have you been here, doctor? Six months, said Savard as he went back to the console. Beamed to the doors around the outside of the room. A very prudent action, doctor, observed Raymond. I almost forgot, Savard told him. The Ram Dama is a very clever individual. I'm sure he could trace the beams and find our location. Which is, asked McGee, 150 miles below the surface of this planet, replied Savard. Daka looked at Aaron and then back at McGee. I have long since stopped questioning such things, she said. Not to worry, Daka, said Raymond. This entire complex is encased in a red metal shell very thick and surrounded by dimensional fields. Right, she said, rolling her eyes at McGee. Before we go below, said McGee as he walked up to Savard, I have to know, you said you knew about the XB-234. Yes, answered the doctor. We have stood by helpless here, monitoring the transmissions. We have even seen the rebellion in the basin. We saw what Kellogg did. They have him somewhere in the Citadel, said Aaron. I've changed my opinion of the man. I can see he is truly a brave man. What about the Ram Dama? asked McGee. He's an alien. We saw all those glowing alien creatures. A race called the Krasians. 
Let us bring you below, McGee. We have food. You can relax. We can talk further. This place is simply called the Magnificent Knowledge. We want to share that knowledge with you. The Ram Dhamma was really out of the citadel. The strange disappearance in the woods, however, had him unnerved. He and more than a hundred zones were packed into his umer and whisked across the plains to the exact location of the two pine trees. He personally walked along the slopes, holding a sensor in his hand. The entire wooded area was thick with red zones, searching desperately for the three humans. I saw it with my own eyes, cried the Ramdama. Someone took them right out of the forest. Humans, not XB humans, are on the loose. Third predicator, called a white zone as he came down the rocks. Perhaps you were mistaken. We can expand the search area. Expand, expand, he yelled waving his arm through the air. Damn them. You know there is a distinct possibility. Began the white zone. I know what the possibility is. That there could be Thions on this very planet that bears their name. Thions. I will find them. I will find McGee and his friends. And I will kill them all. Savard and Raymond had rearranged several of the smaller rooms below. In fact, the room looked very earth-like. McGee, his belly full from food harvested out of the lower botanical gardens, was now ready for answers. What kind of a civilization would produce, I mean, when we came down here, there were no stairs? Civilization is called the Thions, replied Savard. I take it the Thions are no longer here, observed Aaron. Quite correct, said Raymond. Unfortunately, the inhabitants of this civilization were forced off this planet more than 6,000 of your Earth years ago. Let me guess, said McGee. That date wouldn't just happen to coincide with the arrival of the Ram Dama from Protero Grande, would it? Not exactly, said Savard. The planet was abandoned 200 years before the arrival of the Ram Dhamma. Nothing in this library tells us why. You mean they just vanished? asked Daka. I don't think so. We have learned very much about the Thions in our time here. They were a very strange lot, in Earth terms that is. A total pacifist society. I mean total. Violence was repugnant to them. Ideas of peace and non-violence were deeply ingrained in their civilization for tens of thousands of years before they left this planet. We have tapped into their computers, haven't we, Raymond? Yes, Doctor. You see, the Thions had advanced to a point where all signals were inputted into their brains, via what we have termed recorders. These recorders speak only of peace and stability. Concepts like war or murder, even hatred, were unknown. We have no references. So maybe we can put this in perspective, said Raymond. Whatever drove these beings off the planet would not have faced such resistance. Simply put, the Thions would not have fought back. Dichotomy. They were so advanced, yet it was all for nothing. A tragedy, confessed Savard. What mankind could have learned from such a culture. So many times we have striven for the concepts that they cherished. And so many times we have fallen short. 
Maybe. Maybe the greatness of mankind, began McGee as he thought for several seconds, is his ability to be multifaceted, how he can adapt to varying situations. Man can be peaceful, but he can also fight. He will fight, just as we have witnessed in the basin. He will attempt to survive the onslaughts and the injustices. Yes, and mankind can also go off in the other direction, replied Savard, killing and destroying without reason. I guess it's all quite academic now, isn't it, Doctor? We, the five of us, are the last human beings, said McGee. This is very true, McGee, said Savard, but we do have one chance. And what, pray tell, might that be? asked McGee. Before Raymond was banished to the pit, he was, as I have said, one of the workers on the perimeter spacecraft. We have been modifying one of the Thion planetary ships, said Raymond. These ships were not designed for deep space travel, yet we have adapted it for space travel. I'm impressed, admitted McGee. I mean, I couldn't take on a task like that, but I'm sure our little disappearing act in the woods has the Ram Dhamar and the whole planet after us. If we launch such a spacecraft, he would intercept it and destroy it. We have studied that possibility for some time. The Ram Dhamar has great capacities, as we have seen on this planet. But we do not know what he can do in space. However, I doubt whether there would be any match for the Thion technology. The Thions did not launch the ships in a conventional sense. Great power, as you know, is needed to escape any planet's gravitational field. But not one thousandth of the power was needed to launch a Thion ship. The Thions used a variation of dimensional doors. With enough power, we estimate the capacity of 500 miles or more. In fact, said Raymond, they may have used boosting stations to extend the limit, and that's how they travel. What are you saying? asked Aaron. The ship is thrust through some power source that comes out in space. That is exactly correct, said Savard, but what we have done to that ship would be totally repugnant to the Thions. A weapons battery has been constructed and placed on board. You see, our plan was to originally launch above the desert plains and then destroy the citadel in a surprise attack. And now that has changed, asked Daka. Not really, but we still want to attack the citadel. But we were also going to free the basin, but now those people are totally dependent on the kingdom by the XB-234. But we're still going to kill the Ram Dhammah, said McGee. We have to kill the Ram Dhammah. I agree, said Savard. Both universes will be better off once the Ram Dhammar is dead. Then what about weapons? asked McGee as he crossed the room. Are they ready yet? he asked as he looked down at the old worn brown covered book, very thick and placed under a special light. Those weapons are not ready, said Raymond as he turned back to McGee. Working barely with nothing, we still have to fine tune all our what is all this? What is in this book? asked McGee. An early Thion land surveying book, Savad told him. We estimate it to be over 8,000 years old. McGee stared at the brightly colored pages, his mind completely locked into what he saw. What is the matter, McGee? 
asked Savard. You've never seen anything so old. This writing, Savard, it's the writing, he said loudly, and they all rushed over to him. The night in the country, in the turbo, back on Earth, before all this happened, before the worldwide church. It's the writing. I don't understand this. McGee, you're telling me you've seen this writing before? asked Savard. On Earth. I don't mean to discount what you're saying, McGee, Savard said, trying to pamper him, but what you're saying is quite impossible. McGee, his mouth hanging open, gazed into the older man's eyes. I was out in the country. There was bad interference on every channel on the radio, audio and video. Then something came out of the sky, broke apart. I went out, but when I woke up, doctor, I had written these letters, these type of letters, written them in my notebook. They are Thion letters. McGee, the doctor said, looking at the others. You've been under a tremendous strain, this enormous tragedy that has befallen all of us. Well, seeing those letters at some earlier date on Earth is just out of the question. Oh, is it? He ran over to Savard's makeshift desk and picked up a piece of paper and an improvised pen. Trying to remember what happened on that night was not easy. He wrote wildly, sweat collecting on his forehead as he struggled. But he was only coming up with sporadic bits of what was on his notebook page back in the turbo on Earth. I just need time. I know I can remember it, I know. Take all the time you want, said Savard as he motioned them outside the room. McGee would not make something up, said Daka. All men reach a point where they can't take it anymore, Daka argued the doctor. Not McGee. He's been through too much, said Aaron. If he says he saw those letters on Earth, I will not doubt him. Well, I can appreciate your loyalty, said Savard, looking at Raymond, but I... Doctor! Doctor! shouted Raymond from inside. They all ran back into the room. Raymond held up paper that McGee had scrawled upon. Let me see that demanded Savard, and Raymond handed the paper to him. Unbelievable. How do you know? Thion words. It's taken us six months just to learn a rudimentary understanding of the language. I told you. Something from the sky. Good God, man! The doctor exclaimed. Do you realize what this says? Looking down at the paper again. System, our systems check records indicates continuum penetration. Yes, continuum, doctor. This is a most extraordinary piece of writing. You must be truthful with us, McGee. Please, this means too much. I am telling the truth. I knew those words meant something. And there are dozens more, but it was so long ago, I can't remember. The distortion, said Savard boldly. We didn't release all the information to the public. All the radio and video communications were disrupted by the distortion. And now you say you wrote this down after one of those disturbances. All I remember is waking up to a page full of this writing. I thought I was losing my mind. I just dismissed it all. I buried it in my mind. And with everything else that's happened, I never knew what the words meant. They mean that the Thions are alive. They are somehow still within this distortion. That's a pretty wild assumption, Doctor said Raymond. No, no, not at all. What if the distortion as we saw it was just the final end product of something else? I don't understand, said Raymond. 
Like a bullet, right, Doctor? Yes, McGee, like a bullet, or any object hurled through a dense medium at high velocity. The impacting hole would be very small, but the exit hole might be a crack to another universe. Yes, yes, said the excited Savard. Doctor, I totally disagree with all of this, argued Raymond. He could have seen those words before. They don't prove anything conclusively. I have found, Raymond, said the doctor as he thought. What may seem very conclusive may not always be true. Sometimes we have to use our emotions, not just our reasoning. Waste of time. Even if he were right, how could he possibly remember it all? Now that is a valid question, asked McGee. I don't have a photographic memory, Doctor. I'm lucky I could remember this much. You have to remember, McGee. Do you see what this means? If we can decipher the rest of it, we might be able to locate the Thions. And finding them may be our last chance for survival. We might be able to go back in time, at least to the basin, before the Ram Dama implemented the XB. So you're saying that the transmission somehow went back in time? asked Aaron. Preposterous, said Raymond, shaking his head and walking across the room. Earth, McGee said softly, we might be able to get back to Earth. Excuse me, doctor, said Daka, trying to understand it all. If the Thions were so advanced, why didn't they just come back to their planet and neutralize the Citadel? Because of their beliefs, Daka, they are completely indoctrinated by thousands of years of tradition. Maintaining peace was something they had never had to work at. They just moved forward, working diligently at their science. McGee, you must try and think back. Everything depends on you. Days that followed were filled with nothing but frustration. McGee forced himself into deep trances, but his concern was futile. The harder he tried to retrieve the knowledge from his mind, the more tense he became. It was so maddening. It was possible that they were right on the edge of finding so many answers, yet McGee's all-too-human memory could not help him. Upon watching McGee's deteriorating mental state, finally suggested he try to relax while the two scientists searched for answers. Docker stroked McGee's blonde hair, his head gently cradled in her lap as they rested on the long, thick grass in the botanical garden. He looked at the mammoth fountain surging in the pool before them. At least we're out of the Citadel, McGee. We could be living under the Ram Dama's rule for the rest of our lives. McGee, don't take this all upon yourself. Why not? He said as he looked up. When I have all the answers, he shouted and pointed to his head. All the answers, they're right up here. The answer to what happened to the Thions. And that's the prime answer about getting back to Earth through time. Not like you to give up. I'm not giving up, he told her, rising to his feet. I just don't see how I'm supposed to remember something in some alien language on a piece of paper from a year ago. Raymond already thinks I'm crazy. Never mind, Raymond, she said, pulling him back toward the grass. You tell me about Earth. I was always amazed by your stories of Earth. I thought it was some fantasy, and now I know it's real. Earth, smiled McGee, thinking back. It really did seem like a long-lost fantasy land. An entire planet, Daka. Cities, towns, nations, rivers, lakes, vast plains and mountain ranges. Things that weren't contrived but evolved on their own. I guess you could argue the basin evolved, she said. It evolved, all right. 
It evolved because the Ram Dharmar and his equations made it evolve. But if you and I were on Earth, he told her as his eyes lit up, we could go anywhere, see anything, or anyone. If we could go back. But to do that, we'd have to find the Thions and hope they had the time travel capacity. Savard appeared behind the stone wall to the rear. I think we can find that out, McGee. McGee looked up. You're very optimistic, Doctor. We want you to come back to the library. I think we can find answers. And how's that? asked McGee. My skeptical friend Raymond wants to find the truth also. He has adapted one of the Thion recorders. I think we should be able to tap what's in your mind, if you concentrate. Are you kidding? He smiled, taking Daka's hand. You think we're going to find out what was on that notebook page back on Earth? Will the recorder hurt him, Doctor? asked Daka. Not at all, Daka. It's just a matter of amplifying certain brain signals and converting them to something we understand. Oh, is that all? laughed McGee. Come on, Doctor. Get me up there and we can finally get out of here. McGee lay back on the clear Thion chair. He had placed sensors and transparent headphones over his skull. Fiber circuits moved away from the chair into a long machine connected to one of the high cylinders that were terraced around the room. Savard was seated next to a screen above them to the side of the cylinder. Are you ready, Doctor? asked Raymond. Any time, Raymond. Raymond pushed several clear buttons on the chair. Now concentrate, McGee, only on that night. Let your thoughts drift back to Earth, to what you knew so long ago. Remember that page that you saw, the page with the Thion words. Remember. Savard looked at the tiny screen. Vertical black lines were racing by the static in the snow. But then he saw something, the turbo dash. Good, good, I can see his car, the inside of his car. Not clearly, but I can see it, yelled the doctor. He held up his pen and prepared to write. Keep concentrating, McGee, said Raymond. Keep going back to Earth. Go back to what is important. McGee was thinking ahead to the restaurant, looking into Annie Sinclair's eyes and studying her flowing blonde hair. She was looking at McGee's notebook page. Then he zoomed in on her face again and the picture froze on the screen. Page, McGee, the notebook page. Very slowly, Savard saw the early morning light coming into the turbo, and then McGee's hand holding the notebook page. The doctor began writing furiously, but Annie's face kept fading in and out. Finally, her image completely took over the screen, and then he saw the ocean rising in the desert, the red planet, her grave. Then he gazed down at what he had written. Maybe he had enough. He began slowly writing out the translation. Systems check record indicates beam has penetrated the continuum. Unable to estimate further penetration. Clocks have stopped. Centron matrix. Clocks have stopped. Shall we retrieve the beam? Beam penetration is not at maximum. Unable to calculate continuum present continuum penetration. Retracting. Centron retracting. Centron, shouted Savard as he held the paper in the air. Centron, said Raymond, Centron is an asteroid at the edge of this system. They pushed the time beam through the continuum, exclaimed Savard, giving him the paper. 
Did I do all right, doctor? Asked McGee as he took off the clear headphones. Did all the images come through? Yes, McGee. They all came through. You may have just given us the answers we need. We can launch the ship, Raymond said as he looked up. But if we are wrong, and the Ram Dhammas sends his ships after us, we will all be dead. The Ram Dhammas sat within a digitally constructed stadium. The concrete, wood benches, and sloping aisles were all a fabrication, almost like a sophisticated cartoon depiction. His people, the Krasians, filled every seat, their glowing forms high above the main attraction below. A battle was taking place. XB-humans dressed in simulated brightly colored uniforms were fighting opposing armies. They fired non-existent shells from the glowing white cannons and lifted the green metallic sabers from atop purple horses. Silhouetted black trees twisted upward against the pale blue sky and the royal blue rivers flowed from a heightened green mountain in the distance. Everything was a misrepresentation of reality that produced more than a real struggle. Excellent, he said out loud to one of the zones. The blue armies are being forced back over the river. Casualties are heavy. I had my suspicions about their strengths, yes. The Silver Dome Basin commanded Gerald hurried along the inner wall of the stadium, past the battle, into the aisle. He leaped up five or six steps at a time as he headed for the Ram Dhamma. The glowing red beings turned as he passed and moved over to the upper seats. Aware of the zone's presence, the Ram Dhamma was taking great pleasure in the battlefield action below. Third predicator, yelled Gerald. The Ram Dhamma's head jerked to the right. He seemed perturbed by the zone's intrusion. Immediately, he rose to his feet and made his way to the aisle. How dare you disturb me during these games? Third Predicator, you did call me to find them. You have them? No, Third Predicator. A beam. A trail of hydrogen ions. Definitely not natural. Leading outward exactly from a point 500 miles from the planet. Where is it leading? It is on a direct course to the asteroid Centron. Centron? Centron? How do they know? Why are they heading for Centron? He asked, very unnerved by the news. Third Predicator, it is more than likely the trail of a ship. It doesn't guarantee it will be them. Then you tell me, Gerald. You've been programmed with the past history of this planet. If it isn't them, there is only one race that uses that method of launching into space. I have a ship waiting for you. Very good. And the other crafts? Waiting in orbit. Shall we load some XP food? No. I want them all dead. And if the Thions have returned to the Centron asteroid, we will vaporize the entire complex. The sterile Thion ship had clear seats and white walls in the front cabin. It was dimly lit under a star dome. Raymond explained how the Thions had performed all the ship's functions through telepathic links. During the past six months, he and Savard had adapted those systems into visual representations. Screens and monitors had been set up around a central helm, and all the systems were performing perfectly. Savard looked down at the screen as Raymond sat in the command chair. 
Then he looked up at the others. They've left the Citadel, haven't they? Asked Darka. We have expected it, answered Savard. Fortunately, we have the distance. I am picking up their transmission, said Raymond, listening into an earphone. He pushed a button and Jarrell's voice echoed around the tiny ship. Trail of their spacecraft. All seven spacecrafts will begin scans. If there are indeed humans on board, the order will go out. The humans won't be vaporized. McGee looked at Docker and then over to Raymond. Raymond, can they overtake us? Eventually, yes. We should arrive at the Centron asteroid well before that time. Then we will begin the message transmission, asked Aaron. If they are going to scan our every move, they will come after us no matter what happens. We have to broadcast that message and plead for help from the Thions. I concur, said Raymond as he took out a small blue disc. It will be broadcast in English and then in the Thion language. He looked down briefly at the seven ships on the screen readout. Then he popped the disc into a slot and pushed the communications button. The English version went out into space. We are human beings from the planet Earth from the year 2029. We were brought through a crack in space to the planet Thion. We have found a magnificent knowledge and are in a Thion ship escaping from a fleet of Ukrainian ships. We desperately need your help. And now in Thionese, said Raymond as they watched the letters appear on the communication screen. They were unsure of the pronunciations deferring to the written word. On the deck of the metallic-covered Eucrasian ship, the Ram Dama pointed at the screen. There, Gerald. First in English, then in Thionese. They are in that ship. The audacity of these humans. The last of their kind, soon to be eliminated from existence. I don't understand how they accomplished the feat. There are events that only I am cognizant of. Catastrophes and battles in other times and other places. Victories and defeats. I thought they had all been eliminated. If they are alive as a civilization, I will destroy them. And then, with the death of the humans, my revenge will be complete. McGee was getting tense. Raymond had calculated the distance of the Eucrasian fleet as well as the distance to the Centron asteroid. On the top of the screen, in green numbers, a countdown clock showed the time until the Ram Dama would arrive at the asteroid. We've been broadcasting that message for three hours, said McGee. He shook his head, and no response. I don't think the Thions are on the Centaurian asteroid. They may not even be alive at all. We don't know that yet, said Savard, looking down at the viewing screen. The Centron asteroid, a rough-edge oblong piece of rock about 50 miles long, was coming into view. At this distance from the sun, it appeared as a brownish-gray cratered planetary body. There were deep canyons and the remains of jagged mountain ranges. Well, what do the senses say? asked McGee. Lifeless, answered Savard. All of these asteroids are part of a larger body, perhaps another planet in the system, observed Raymond. I must admit, I thought we would have heard from them by now. Thirty-one hours, twenty-six minutes, Docker read, and then the Ram Dama will be able to kill us all. Raymond brought the ship down over the asteroid using a conventional iron-powered drive. 
The tiny ship moved slowly over the crated surface and down to the deeply carved canyons. He continued scanning as he let the message repeat over and over again, but the situation was not encouraging. They all jumped up as a communications beeper sounded and a yellow light flashed under the monitor screen. To their revulsion, the Ram Dama, standing next to the general, came into sight. You are all dead, he said succinctly, unless you cooperate. Should we even answer him, asked Savard. No, yelled McGee emphatically. Why give him any satisfaction at all? But it sounds as though he wants to make some type of deal. Oh, he's so trustworthy, replied McGee. I think I have General Kellogg with me, he said as the distorted figure of the general, wearing a red metallic suit, walked in front of the screen. The general is here on my behest. I know you can all hear and see me. I want to know one thing. Are the Thions on the Centron asteroid? He's mad, said McGee. We ought to just wait and attack his ships when... McGee, you're not thinking clearly, said Savard. Raymond, is there any sign of life? Construction below the surface, anything? Solid rock, Doctor. I'm afraid we have failed. We're finished, said Raymond softly as he looked at the screen. Listen to me, shouted the Ram Dama. You will tell me where the Thions are and I will spare you and the general. If not, he dies. You have 30 seconds. I doubt that they will listen to you, third predicator, said Gerald. They will listen. General, place your disruptor at your head, he ordered, and Kellogg, somewhat confused, complied with the request. When I give the word, General, you will fire your disruptor. You mean I'm going to die? Yes, that is right, said the Ram Damar as he prepared to speak again. Thirty seconds is up. Now what is your answer? Third predicator, yelled Gerald as he read the scans. Why don't they answer me? Third predicator, scans show they have all disappeared. His eyes intensified with rage. They have disappeared. Impossible. They have simply vanished? The ship is there, circling the asteroid, but they are gone. The Ram Dama tightened his lips, stroking his chin as he stood next to a wall-sized viewing screen. In front was a crumbling talus at the base of a Centron asteroid peak. The dim sunlight was dissected by deep, airless shadows across the asteroid. He thought for the longest time, his face tense as he stared at the gray surface and then turned to Gerald. I would stake my life that they are within this asteroid. McGee and the rest of the humans and all the Thions. I made a mistake in letting them live. I don't need to contradict you, third predicator, but every scan shows a dense rock body, nothing inside, nothing outside. They must have been taken elsewhere. I could just lay waste to this rock. Then again, I would never know. I would never know if they had eluded us. I have to know if I really killed them. Boost all scanned signals. I want every part of this asteroid studied on every frequency. Yes, third predicator, will be done. Join us again next week for another adventurous episode of the Ram Dama's Kingdom, produced by Fitton Theater of the Words. <laughs>